Donald Trump Jr. has now attacked me and unleashed a hate mob against me. Candace Owens is in on it. The blaze Infowars. How far is this going to go? All because of a tweet that I since deleted, which all of you understood perfectly. I had tweeted about the shooting in Nashville tongue in cheek, of course, not literally blaming the victims of the shooting, something I would never do, that it's surprising that there would be a shooting at a Christian school, given that it's a Christian school and they pray. Every single one of you in my audience understood the point of the tweet. Thoughts and prayers don't prevent mass shootings, but right wingers, people who don't know me, all sorts of different folks looking to contrive controversy and send hate my way are saying, but David, you're blaming the victims. You're blaming children. Of course, I'm not. And in fact, after deleting the tweet because of the number of threats that rained down upon me, I put out a video, a video where I said my tweet angered about a million people. And I explained the entire thing. And of course, that video has almost 100 percent likes and it has you, my viewers who say, David, there's not even a controversy here. It's insane that they even turned this into something, but they did. And now this represents the greatest existential threat to the David Pakman show that we have ever faced. That is not an exaggeration. They are going after our advertisers, even though they claim to be against that tactic. They are uh, making threats not only to me, but to others in my circles. I won't even do details because I might just encourage them more. The situation has reached a fever pitch. Don Jr. tweeting yesterday. Imagine being this big of a P.O.S. to his nearly 10 million followers. Unfortunately, this is what many on the left think of you if you have traditional American views and don't follow blindly and capitulate to their every lunatic whim, truly evil at this point. Of course, if by traditional American views, Don Jr. means doing nothing about mass shootings, which is exactly what he and his father's administration did and want to do, then, yeah, that's not for me. And of course, then the hate mob descended. And it wasn't just Don Jr. Candace Owens devoted a segment on her show to this where she was almost in tears over my tweet, posting to Twitter, quote, more left wing filth. David Pakman is laughing at the fact that the dead children are Christians who believe in prayer. These are real tweets. These people think it's funny when Christian children die. No, I think it's tragic when thoughts and prayers are the only thing offered by Republican officials. And she is even going after our advertisers. And this is where this is getting genuinely bad. I wish it wasn't, but it is. Candace Owens adding to any of your advertisers who may be following this. This is not a contrived mob or anti-Semitism. This is you dealing with the consequences of sending the most horrifically bigoted tweet directed at dead Christian children who, according to you, should have prayed harder. Of course, that's not the point. The point is thoughts and prayers don't work. Who wants to actually do something about the scourge of gun gun violence? And yes, it's a scourge. That's how Trump says it. And now I say it the same way. Uh, Donald Trump's former lawyer, Jenna Ellis, getting in on it. This is a horrific take that the author didn't walk back, just said he's now getting harassed, so deleted it. David Pakman, you harassed Christians and should apologize for this offensive tweet targeting our sincere faith. No, I'm targeting anyone who says thoughts and prayers and nothing else. 
Jenna Ellis says evil persists and we don't represent prayer is a complete shield to the perils of the fallen world. But rather than through faith in Christ, we can accept salvation and live it. I mean, it just, it just you know, religious babble now. Thessalonians tells us, give me a break. The right wing blaze writing an article about this. They weren't praying enough. Progressive radio host goes viral over vile reaction to Christian school massacre. Thoughts and prayers don't stop mass shootings. That's the point. Infowars. Is it possible they weren't praying enough? David Pakman mocks Christians murdered by trans shooter in Nashville. And the wrongest man in the world on the pandemic, Alex Berenson, also tweeting, just apologize, David Pakman. You are shameful, not just for what you said. Did you think it was funny? Blaming kids for their own deaths is beyond awful because in your non-apology, you then blamed anti-Semitism for the response. Blame yourself, not your religion, not blaming my religion, but you should see thousands, thousands of anti-Semitic messages, Jew, the K word, ovens, uh, uh, people suggesting they're going to come and do this, that, the other thing to this and that the other person. I'm not even going to I don't. I don't even want to put it out there because it's a deluge where a security has been contracted and so on and so forth. It, it, you have no idea what's going on. It's wild. It is wild. So they are sending the hate mob against us and we now have to see whether we can weather this storm. Most of you reached out with uh, support. It's been great hearing from so, you know the, the one upside when these things happen is the messages from people who have been in the audience for a long time. And I got so many messages from people saying, David, none of these people are in your audience. We all know what you meant. Thoughts and prayers do nothing. We've got to do something about gun violence. You're a father. You're frustrated. It's disgusting what's going on. Don't even worry about it. It'll pass. It'll pass. Uh, I heard from I guess I shouldn't even say, but many of the people, you know, in our circle who do shows like mine, they reached out to me privately and said, this is really bad. These are people who don't know anything about you. They don't follow the show. They have seized on to something to take attention away from the fact that they have nothing to offer to actually stop the shootings. So we are getting crushed right now. And the best thing you can do is leave a comment, leave a like, try to push back against this mob, which remember isn't even in our audience. And of course, if you can get a membership at joinpacman.com, please do. We have the coupon code cancel 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 the cancellation that they are trying to do. Let me now talk more about what it is they are trying to do. The right wing hate mob that has been unleashed against me by Donald Trump Jr. and Candace Owens and others. Listen, I'm a big boy. I can take comments on Twitter, right? But they are going after our advertisers and they actually are succeeding to some degree. Some advertisers have already canceled. They don't know what's going on. They're just getting thousands of emails from people on the right who don't even watch this show, but have been weaponized by people like Don Jr. and Candace Owens over my uh, tweet regarding the Nashville shooting, wherein I was blaming those who offer only thoughts and prayers and nothing else. Now, as I've said before, it is a fine legal tactic to use to go to a shows advertisers and say you shouldn't advertise with this person. Uh, it was a tactic that was used in the past with Tucker Carlson, et cetera. 
but use it when it's appropriate. And what is happening right now, and we have we have examples of this. I'm not going to put a ton of them up, but if you look on Twitter, all of these right wing and white nationalist accounts are listing sponsors and then contacting the sponsors and saying these aren't my viewers, nor are they customers of these brands, but they are saying you got to drop David Pakman. Now we are doing everything we can to explain to them these aren't our viewers and these aren't your customers. This is a concerted effort. In fact, even Candace Owens is leading this effort to some degree, tweeting, as I told you earlier, to any of your advertisers who may be following this. This is not a contrived mob. Yes, it is. Or anti-Semitism. Look at my inbox, Candace. This is you dealing with the consequences of sending the most horrifically bigoted tweet directed at dead Christian children who, according to you, should have prayed harder. Of course, not my point. I, I would never blame the victims of a mass shooting. You all know that, but that's what they want to make it out to be. So what we have now is a situation where we know this is a contrived mob. The video I did about the situation received nearly 100 percent likes versus dislikes because our audience gets all of it. The people who aren't viewers and aren't customers of these brands, though, are having success. We already got emails from multiple advertisers saying, we are pausing advertising. Pausing means it's over. OK, this is the most desperate situation we have ever had over right wingers desperate not to deal with gun safety, because understand that that's what this is. They would rather focus on anything other than gun safety regulations to prevent shootings in the future. That's what this is about. And so instead, they're going after me. They're more angry about a tweet I sent saying thoughts and prayers do nothing to stop shootings than they are about the dead kids. And now they're going after my advertisers rather than trying to fix the problem. So what you can do, number one, write to our advertisers, the ones you see at the end of videos, write to them and say. Please keep advertising with David, the people emailing you angry aren't even his viewers, nor are they your customers. Second, subscribe to the YouTube channel. If we can weather this with a big increase in subscribers at a time when the right is trying to end us, it would be huge. And the most important thing is we have to replace that revenue. We have this is no longer theoretical. This is not about, you know, it's nicer to get support from the audience because then no one person can can't. Well, listen, we have a mix of support from different sources. Advertisers are one of those. And one person can say we're cutting the campaign. And that's what's happening with a number of these campaigns. It is not theoretical. Help us make up for a slice of what these right wing radicals have taken away through the ad campaigns. You go to joinpacman.com. We have a coupon code. The code is cancel, cancel, cancel the cancelers who say don't cancel people. They are the ones who say don't use these techniques. Don't contact advertisers demanding what they are now doing. it. OK, the coupon code is cancel, cancel. This is genuinely a systemic threat to the David Pakman show. In a week's time, I will come back to you and tell you if and to what degree we have weathered it. Don Jr., quite literally, Don Jr. is part of the hate mob trying to end this show. That is the level that this has now reached. So I'm coming to you for support. My audience understands exactly what is going on. Uh, write to the advertisers, subscribe to the YouTube channel, sign up at joinpacman.com with the coupon code cancel cancel. I will keep everybody posted about what's going on. My hope is my hope is 
that we actually come out of this even stronger, which will really upset the right wing mob. One of our sponsors today is BetterHelp. Uh, viewers of the show, listeners know I'm a big advocate of therapy. Uh, I think it's important to make it more accessible, remove any stigma that might be associated. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. And therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. BetterHelp is therapy done entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. Fill out a brief questionnaire. You'll be matched with a licensed therapist. Switch therapists anytime at no additional charge. I'm a huge believer in talk therapy and BetterHelp is making it more accessible to more people. You can even find a therapist who specializes in certain areas, which maybe you can't find where you are geographically. There are lots of great benefits to doing therapy online. Get it off your chest. Visit BetterHelp. Go to BetterHelp.com slash Pacman show today to get 10% off your first month. That's better. H.E.L.P.com slash Pacman show. The link is in the podcast notes. Don't forget that the best way to support the David Pakman show is by becoming a member, which gives you access to the daily bonus show, the regular show with no commercials. You also get access to our entire archive of every episode dating back a really long time and plenty of other awesome membership perks. Go to joinpacman.com. Joinpacman.com. The David Pakman Show is a community viewer and listener supported program that's never been important, more important than right now, as Donald Trump Jr. and Candace Owens are quite literally sending a right wing hate mob of online attackers against us. I already spoke about it earlier in the show. Bear in mind the importance, the precarity of this situation. You can sign up at joinpacman.com and you can use the coupon code cancel cancel to get yourself a discount. Given the attention right now on the Nashville school shooting and on my comments and response and on the hate mob that has been sent at me by Don Jr. and Candace Owens and others. I am again going to take the opportunity to talk about what doesn't work to reduce gun violence and mass shootings and what does. Now, I want to contextualize this by reminding you that you have very uh, 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 sort of pathetic solutions from the right which they don't even actually believe in, which we know because they don't fund them. I'll give you an example. They say say mass shootings are really about mental health. Well, mental health might well be a component, but if you believed that you should fund mental health treatment services, which they do not. And in fact, in many states, every time there's a proposal to increase funding for exactly those types of services, they are against funding it. They don't want to do it. We say the problem's mental health, but we won't do anything about it. Of course, the ubiquitous and ever present thoughts and prayers before thoughts and prayers and after thoughts and prayers and thoughts and prayers and thoughts and prayers and the thoughts and prayers do nothing. The thoughts and prayers do nothing. If prayer is important to you in difficult situations, then by all means do it. But it is not policy to reduce gun violence. More recently now, they are targeting trans people drag shows, gender affirming care because of the trans identity of the shooter in Nashville, Tennessee. Give me a break. Give me a break. 
Now, if we could somehow pass legislation, if we miraculously had the ability to build consensus and actually pass some gun safety legislation, what would I do such that we would make an impact? I am going to give you the disclaimer up front that I always do. No one of the bullet points I'm about to list would prevent every mass shooting. Not, not, we have 340 million people in this country and every combination of mass shooting. No one rule would prevent every mass shooting. But taken together, these 10 policies would significantly reduce the number of mass shootings. Number one, end the gun show loophole. The gun show loophole is the fact that federal law doesn't require unlicensed private sellers to perform background checks on gun purchasers. You go and you buy a, a gun at a dealer and they do the background check. Great. Now, if you make a private sale, you as an individual with no license to sell firearms, if you make a private sale to someone else, you are not required by federal law to have that buyer background checked. Some states require it, but there is no federal law. And as a result, many states don't require it. Would it solve every shooting? No, but that is just obvious that should be done. Number two, universal background checks. It would require almost all firearms transactions in the United States to go through the NICS, National Instant Criminal Background Check System. This is also part of closing the private sale exemption. So you've got the gun show loophole and the private sale exemption. Both are about getting around background checks. Um, uh, at least 22 states and D.C. require background checks for private sales, but uh, they are not required by federal law. Number three, mandatory waiting period from when you go in and say, I'd like a gun, please. And when you get the gun, it won't prevent every shooting. Some people, some shooters have guns that they've had for years. But for those who are going and saying, I want to do a shooting, let me go and get the gun and you get it that day. For some of them, a mandatory waiting period, maybe it's five days, maybe it's 10 days, might actually allow cooler heads to prevail and might reduce the number of these shootings. Number four, no high capacity weapons for those under age 25. But David, they could get a handgun. Yes, they could. But in many of these incidents, not all, but in many of these incidents with a handgun rather than an AR-15, the number dead would be lower and fewer people dying is better. I'd rather zero, but fewer is better. Number five, mandatory gun insurance, which is significantly more expensive without apparent co-signing if you were under 25. This is both a financial disincentive, which might just make the entire thing more expensive, particularly for those under 25. Remember, when we look at mass shooters overwhelmingly under age 25, if you don't have a parent saying, yeah, I think this makes sense and we're going to get the insurance. It is dramatically more expensive. Number six, if you're under 25 and you want to get a gun, you should be required to provide one, maybe two community support letters. These would be letters from adults who know you, not your parents who say, I am fine with this individual having these firearms. I have no issues with that. And if there are issues, it doesn't mean any random person in the community can say no guns, but it would require a uh, more scrutiny. And maybe if someone goes and tries to get a gun and a teacher and whoever else says I have concerns about this individual or if they're not even able to find such individuals then maybe that person shouldn't be able to get guns. Number seven, some weapons should be banned. There are simply 
there are some weapons that are simply of no recreational or any other value other than as mass killing machines. I'm not pretending I have the exact list right here in front of me. People will disagree about what should be on the list. Most people think the shoulder mounted RPGs should be not allowed. Most people believe the handguns should be allowed. Well, now we're now we're negotiating. Now we have to find what is the point. There are some weapons that should be banned. Number eight, there should be a periodic mental health evaluation. There should be a mental health evaluation at the beginning and there should be a mental health evaluation periodically. Oh, but David, that'll be expensive. Well, it should be paid by the licensing fees, which maybe are too low. That's another issue to discuss, but there should be a periodic mental health evaluation. You might be fine to have a gun at 25 and then at 30 things have changed. And if you were subjected to a mental health eval, a, a mental health professional might say you really shouldn't have this gun. Number nine, the licensing process should be more extensive. You need a written and a practical test for a driver's license. At minimum, it should be the same for guns. The training and licensing period shouldn't be one weekend. It should be longer, more like with cars where there are hours of uh, driver's ed and practical. All the Why not? Well, because the right wing gun lobby has prevented it from being that way. And then number 10, there should be a gun buyback program. Give people an off ramp that feels better than supposed gun confiscation. No one of these things will stop every specific shooter. Someone will write in and I'll say, David, but number nine wouldn't have stopped the Uvalde shooter. The point here is we would stop some of the shootings and we would be able to then say, look at the improvement. Where can we tweak? Where can we do more? We have a Second Amendment. None of these affect that. But we could be doing so much more. But none of this stuff will happen with the current Republican Party and the NRA as powerful as it is. Also, am I saying mental health isn't an issue? No. The reason I want the mental health evaluations is because I'm agreeing a factor is mental health. There is also the cultural issue. The United States is unique. And many Americans don't understand how weird it is to see firearms fetishized, violence celebrated, intelligence condemned. We need a cultural change where people stop seeing firearms as the solutions to personal or social problems. I don't know how in hell we do that. That's a big issue. In the meantime, though, 10 policies, all of which would prevent some mass shootings. So the thoughts and prayers don't work. I stand by that. Here's 10 ideas that might. And you know what? What do we have to lose? We're not fixing it. Do we've done nothing and it hasn't solved the problem. Maybe it's time to try something new. Ted Cruz went on a complete manic tear yesterday during a Senate hearing with the United States Secretary of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas. This is Ted Cruz auditioning for Fox News. When Ted Cruz wants to get himself on Fox News, either interviewed or have his clips played, he does these sort of manic scream fests with oversized poster boards behind him. And he certainly pulled out all the stops yesterday. Take a look at this. And in fact, if you look at illegal immigration, let's look at CBP encounters. You can see. 500,000, 500,000, it drops to the lowest level and boom, what happens? You show up 
And that red line is you. Now, let's talk about that. A couple different things here. This, this they love this. They love to say the number of encounters with Border Patrol went up when Joe Biden became the president. Now, there are two really important things to understand about that. Number one, mobility in general was really, really low during the pandemic. And in fact, you can see that on the chart that Ted Cruz has behind him. What we started to see was as the pandemic eased and the weather improved a huge backlog of people who would have tried to cross previously tried to cross the border. But here's the most important thing. When encounters show up on this chart, it's because the people were stopped. The people were stopped. It if you are going to argue that the borders are open and people are just going through, you can't defend that by saying, look at all these people stopped by Border Patrol. By definition, that's because the border isn't open. That red line is Joe Biden. And you're claiming nothing happened. Oh, gosh, th this was here before us. No, you made the decision to allow this to happen. Let me ask you, we now have over 5.5 million people who've entered this country illegally under Joe Biden. How many murderers have you released into America? What? Senator, I'm not aware of any murderer whom we've. So you don't know. Into the, into, Senator, let me say something. If Do you, you know? If you take a look at. No. And this is Ted Cruz not actually wanting to get answers about anything. This is a performance piece and a pretty bad one at that. No, you, you don't get to give a speech. Do you know how many murderers you've released? To, I'm just trying to answer your question. How many rapists Senator, have you released? Senator, I'm trying you to know? answer your question. You can answer I know or I don't know. Senator, any individual who poses a public safety threat. How many child molesters have you released? And removed into the United States from the United States. And this word of releasing is straight out of the Trump playbook. Trump has been insisting quote, mental institutions are being emptied out and released into the United States. Of course, that's not happening. This is a tryout. This is a performance. Oh, so your testimony under oath subject to perjury is that you have not released any murderers, rapists or child molesters among the 5.5 million. Is that your testimony? Um, Mr. Chairman, may I have the opportunity? No, to you ask? may not. You may answer my question. You're, you're not. Is allowing. that your testimony? Yes or no? Senator, you're not allowing me to answer your question. I am allowing you to answer. I'm not allowing you to filibuster. If, if you take a look at the the pace of immigration in 2018 to 2019, you're refusing you to answer. Let's move on. Let's move on to Godaways. Yeah, um, this is not how you learn anything. This is not how you fix anything. This is not this is really nothing. This is no, it's not of any value. Here's more of it of Ted Cruz just losing his mind. These are modern day leg irons because these are children being sold into sex slavery and you don't even know what they are. That is astonishing. Mr. Secretary, how many children have been sold into sex slavery under your administration? Senator, we are taking it to the cartel. How many children have been sold into sex slavery? In an Do you know how many children have been? I mean, how many were sold under Trump? The idea that because the number isn't zero under any administration, that it's this particular individual's fault is absurd. Sold into sex slavery. To an unprecedented degree. Mr. Secretary, I want to say to you right now, it is your behavior is disgraceful and the deaths, the children assaulted, the children raped, they are at your feet. And what about all of the ones under Trump, given that this is a global issue? It's not about minimizing. It's well, it's very capricious and arbitrary 
for Ted Cruz to be indignant when Biden is president, but to never have said anything about the exact same thing under Trump. If you had integrity, you would resign. And I will tell you, the men and women of the if Ted Cruz had integrity, he would have resigned. Border Patrol, they've never had a political leader undermine them. They despise you, Mr. Secretary, because you're willing to let children be raped to follow political orders. This is a crisis. It's a disgrace. And you won't even admit this human tragedy is a crisis. Claiming one minute chairman time, Mr. Secretary, would you like to respond to any of those questions? What the senator said was revolting. I'm not going to address it. I mean, it's like, why? Bo- honestly, why bother? Why bother? This is of no value or meaning. That is Ted Cruz, desperate for relevance, excited about the possibility of being featured in compilations on Fox News of what happened at the hearing uh, that he is just screaming and doing the sort of Lindsey Graham routine. That's the that's the sort of routine Lindsey Graham, the Republican senator, did during the confirmation hearings of eventual Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh scream and act indignant and be furious at people. And it probably does make it onto Fox News, but we see through it. It's completely pathetic. If you value what we do at the David Pakman show, remember to support us on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash David Pakman show where you can get access to behind the scenes videos, the daily bonus show, the commercial free daily show, as well as special discounts on merch, including hats, hoodies, mugs and T-shirts. You can support the show for as little as two dollars a month. Check it out at patreon.com slash David Pakman show. So it turns out that there's actually a part two to the Fox News interview that Donald Trump did with Sean Hannity. We looked at part one yesterday and we are going to look at a little bit of part two today. This is a part of the interview that is significantly more understated in tone, but it is significantly scarier to many of you who have been emailing me and saying, David, what exactly is Trump talking about and is he really serious about this stuff? Also, of course, raising questions of Trump's cognitive state, as is always the case. Were they Freudian slips? Were they brain glitches? Well, we're going to figure that out. The second part of the interview included Donald Trump bizarrely claiming that he got rid of NATO and built USMCA. Now, Sean Hannity helps Trump out and and as you can see, Trump looks very confused. Hannity helps Trump out and says, you mean NAFTA, not NATO. You got rid of NAFTA and built USMCA. But even that actually isn't really much to write home about. And I'll explain that in a moment. Check out this bizarre moment where Hannity quite literally has to help Trump out of this mess. So if I made a lot of great trade deals, I changed a lot of those deals where it was a bad deal for us. Now it's a good like USMCA with NATO. I got rid of NATO and built USMCA. I made a great trade deal with China. Our farmers are to this day. They Notice that Hannity tried to sneak in NAFTA. Trump just steamrolls it. Made tremendous money because of the deal, but because of COVID, I don't even talk about that deal because that overrid, you know, overrode everything. Right. So, if I so a, lot of- a completely insane what Donald Trump is talking about says he got rid of NATO to replace it with USMCA. Of course, he didn't. What he got did what he did was replace NAFTA with USMCA. Couple interesting things here. Number one, of course, to some degree, you could say this is a Freudian slip. Donald Trump was one of the most hostile to NATO American presidents. And when he says, I got rid of NATO, he would have liked to get rid of NATO to have gotten rid of NATO. He didn't. And instead, he just it's just a Freudian slip. 
The other aspect to this is that the continued claim that replacing NAFTA with USMCA is some kind of major accomplishment. It's basically NAFTA with marginally different provisions about automobile manufacturing with a new name. And it is true that USMCA differs from NAFTA in that it changes the requirements for vehicle manufacturing, what percentage of the parts versus the labor needs to be done where. But it is very similar to NAFTA. And again, claiming it as some kind of big legislative victory is very, very silly. I almost thought that it, it was like doctored, but it was just a Freudian slip, I guess. Uh, Donald Trump also saying that if he's elected, he you know how Trump does this thing where he can't help himself. He always has to make the promise more grandiose and he has to make the claim more grandiose. There were 5000 people at my rally. There were tens of thousands. There were tens of thousands and it's probably double that. He just can't stick to reality. He used to say he would fix the Russian invasion of Ukraine on his first day as president. Now he's saying he would fix it even before taking office, which is again, he's he always has to go first. Said I would fix that within 24 hours. And if I win before I get into the office, I will have that war settled 100 percent sure. Mm -hmm. And everything I said. Yeah, of course, that's not the case. It doesn't make any sense. And Sean Hannity really doing his best. You know, the Hannity thing is interesting that this two night special interview with Donald Trump. It does serve as evidence that at least overtly Hannity is still on the Trump train. We know that Hannity was involved in the Fox News text messages behind the scenes that are part of the Dominion lawsuit. He expressed concern about some of the things that were being repeated. He expressed concern about Sidney Powell and so on and so forth. But at least publicly, he seems to be very glad to give Trump these total softball interviews, allow Trump to lie, lie, lie and present no pushback. And so it's interesting in the context of what is the next year going to look like if indeed this is a, a heavily contested primary. Right now, I don't call the Republican primary contested in the sense that there are other people running, but it's Nikki Haley and Vivek Ramaswamy. Neither has a shot. DeSantis is polling pretty well, but he's not actually running. So if DeSantis says I'm running and if his polling doesn't continue declining, then we will say, OK, now we've got a real primary on our hands. So far, I can't really say that that's the case. Trump's theory on Chinese politics is that she is in charge because the smartest person gets to the top. And I sort of think Trump is trying to analogize to himself here. Trump sees himself as a very stable genius, and he seems to be analogizing that also in the United States, the smartest person gets to the top as evidenced by Trump having been president for four years. I think it's an age thing. I think a person running for president, you could even say running for certain offices if you want to know the truth. Now, I don't know if it's constitutional because people would say it's not constitutional, but uh, I would say that if you could do it, but I'd like to see it for anybody running for president. I think somebody from running for president taking a cognitive test, you know, they do it in China, <laughs> but it's done a different way. Mm -hmm. They have a caste system. Isn't that nice, guys? The caste system of China will allow you to figure out who is fit for duty and who is smart. It, it, I mean, it's it's not even sort of like benevolent dictator stuff. It's just straight up. She is great. China's caste system. This is wild stuff. Scary to the rest of the world. 
and the smartest person gets to the top. I'm glad the they don't have the talk show hosts and the media people well, and people in the press. You've proven yourself um, at the highest level you can. So Trump just gushing about the intelligence of she as well as the caste system, genuinely horrifying stuff. Lastly, Donald Trump tells Hannity there wouldn't have been any Chinese spy balloons under my watch. And of course, there were Chinese spy balloons under Trump's watch. And what would you have done with the balloon? And what would you have done if, if Putin took down one of your drones? The balloon. I wouldn't have done anything with the balloon because it wouldn't have happened under me. Wouldn't happen. They wouldn't have sent the balloon. Huh. If it this did. is a big balloon. This is a balloon where you can see it from. You it's know, like three buses. Seventy-five thousand feet away. You, hmm. People are looking. But it's strange. You see it up there. We only found out because of a guy in Monta Montana. They wouldn't have done it. I'm just telling you. Just like Putin would have never gone into Ukraine. So Trump says they wouldn't have done it, except they did. Uh, now. It is true. Trump didn't find out about it until later. That that's absolutely true. I'm not pretending Trump knew about the balloons when he was president. We have now learned that there were multiple instances of Chinese spy balloons overflying the United States while Trump was president. Trump's claim, understand, is they wouldn't have done it if I were president, but they did it when you were president. He wasn't told there was some kind of decision made um, by I guess it was the Pentagon that it didn't need to get to Trump, but they literally did it while Trump was president. And he wants you to believe they simply wouldn't do it if he was president again. Scary interview, the romanticizing, the continued romanticizing of authoritarians and wannabe dictators and seeing them as just smart and great. And they've got these great systems. They don't have to deal with the press. They just crush the press. They don't have to deal with courts that might indict them. They just control the courts. He loves dictator type scenarios because he sees them as the easiest thing for him if he were to govern. And he's not wrong. Wasn't it George W. Bush who said it'd be much easier if it was a dictatorship? Um, Trump seems to really want that. Donald Trump is also now admitting he's going to try to cheat in 2024. Mike Pillow found out about this and is not in agreement with Donald Trump. This is super, super interesting. Donald Trump put out a statement. I missed this originally, but this is just bonkers stuff. Trump put out a statement saying we need to beat Democrats in 2024. And of course, the Democrats cheat. It's like, no, no, no. You tried to steal the election. But put that aside. He insists Democrats cheat. We need, Trump says, to start ballot harvesting just like they do. We need to do the ballot harvesting. Now, Mike Pillow has been slamming ballot harvesting alleging that Democrats do it. And I'll explain what it is in a moment for two years now. So Pillow's furious. So let's listen to what Trump had to say first. The radical left Democrats have used ballot harvesting to cancel out your vote and walk away with elections that they never should have won. They cheat and they cheat like nobody's ever cheated before. Many states have banned ballot harvesting to keep our elections honest and fair. But in the states where ballot harvesting is still legal, we have no choice but to beat the Democrats at their own game. Hmm. It's very simple. Either we start ballot harvesting or you can say goodbye to our country. You wow. can just wave goodbye because Democrats would win every single election. We have to get smart. And that's why our campaign will fight back and start harvesting ballots Whoa. in the states where the left has been cheating. The scourge of ballot harvesting, which they will now participate in the system 
and hurting our country. But our harvested ballots will only come from legal registered voters who are American citizens. Ah, you're going to harvest ballots, but from legal voters, whereas Democrats were harvesting ballots from illegal voters. With your help, we will master the Democrats game of ballot harvesting and we will win back the White House from Joe Biden and the people that are destroying our country. Okay, so ballot harvesting means you collect and submit completed ballots on behalf of voters. So the idea is there's someone who says, I will collect the ballots. You fill your ballot out. I will go and collect it. And it's a technique used to increase voter turnout, especially when there are people who have a tough time getting to polling stations, either because they uh, live very rurally and don't have a car or they have a a physical limitation or whatever the reason may be. In general, the term ballot harvesting means, oh, I will go and collect ballots. Now, the legality varies from state to state and jurisdiction to jurisdiction. In some places, it's legal and regulated. In some places, it's illegal. Some states say you can do it, but you can only do it for family members and caregivers. You can't just have the person on your block who says, I'll collect everyone's ballots and drop them off or whatever the case may be. It's become a very hot topic in the US recently because the right is arguing the left harvests ballots, but they do it with coercion. They encourage voter fraud. They get a bunch of illegal voters to fill out ballots and then they collect them. There's no evidence of any of this stuff, but it's what the story they've been telling. So Trump saying we should do it puts Mike Pillow in sort of a strange position. And Mike Pillow says, I spoke to Trump about this. He's never going to say it again. Is voter fraud. But also recently he's been saying, let's beat the left at their own game, at least until we get into office so that. No, 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 no. Don't even go there. I've talked to him about that. We are not going to do what they're doing. We're not going to ballot harvest. And you will not hear him saying that. This is we've worked two years to get to get same day voting paper ballots hand count. He's like, I've been I've been killing myself. I spent thirty five million fighting against ballot harvesting and now Trump's going to do it and no machines. And if you say that we want to do what they do, ballot harvest and do this, the, the Republicans would just make it legal to do what's illegal in a lot of states. And it's over. We lose our country. So that <laughs> narrative, you will not hear him saying that anymore. I don't I don't even want to. Yeah, Pillow didn't even really want to talk about it. So Pillow says, no, 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 no. I heard about that. I went to Trump. We're not going to be talking about that anymore. We can't really do it. So this is this is obviously fascinating and it doesn't seem totally clear to me whether Donald Trump understands the the issue is less about obviously any kind of ballot collection, regardless of the state or jurisdiction, you can only collect legal ballots like if you somehow again, imagine the scenarios they dream up. If you somehow find 10,000 blank ballots and bring them to people who aren't registered to vote, I guess you have to find find 10,000 undocumented immigrants who, of course, they're going to live all over the place and you're going to drive around distributing ballots to undocumented immigrants and then picking them up. Obviously, that's illegal because the voters aren't legal registered voters. The collection is what's at issue. In some places, anyone can collect ballots for others. In other places, it's limited to family or caregivers. There are different rules in different places. In Trump's mind, he's just like, well, Democrats do ballot harvesting, but with illegal ballots, whereas we're going to do it 
with only legal citizens, but we're going to help them. He doesn't even actually understand the controversy over ballot harvesting, which isn't surprising because increasingly he doesn't really understand anything. Follow us on social media, interact with the David Pakman Show community, see exclusive content, see when we're taking calls live and stay up to date on other big show announcements. We post daily. Find us on Reddit, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Discord and TikTok. A timely discussion to have, given that a mob sent by Don Jr. and Candace Owens is actively trying to cancel me right now, is to ask whether the so-called victims of cancel culture have actually been canceled. The term cancel culture is used to describe the social phenomenon where a person or a group is ostracized or they're boycotted because of their opinions or their actions when someone considers it offensive or controversial or whatever the case may be. And the question that I think is interesting to consider is even in cases where there is a cancellation alleged to have taken place, was anyone actually canceled? Because in many cases, those who complain about being canceled are facing consequences that make sense for the behavior or statements that are in question. Like, for example, former President Donald Trump was banned from several social media platforms when he repeatedly spread false information about the 2020 election. He incited violence, which led to the storming of the Capitol and on and on. It wasn't cancel culture. It was Twitter has certain terms and conditions and thus the blocking or banning of Trump from Twitter was a response to Trump's irresponsible actions. But Trump is still super wealthy. He finished out his term as president. He continues to have the bully pulpit. He's running again. He is making money. Was he really canceled because the terms of service on Twitter were applied to him? I I would argue not really. Uh, Comedian Louis C.K faced a bunch of backlash and he did lose a few gigs after he admitted to what I think we're now calling sexual misconduct covers Louis C.K.'s behavior. Was that a cancellation or was it he admitted to something that some found reprehensible? It temporarily had an effect, but he's produced multiple quite successful comedy specials since then. Is that really a cancellation or is it something else? Comedian Kevin Hart face some backlash. He lost his role as hosting the Oscars when some homophobic tweets resurfaced, but he kept working. He's hosted other events, including, um, I think, the MTV Video Music Awards, the Academy Awards pre-show. Is that really a cancel cancellation or there were briefly some consequences to something that he did or said? Dave Chappelle, comedian Dave Chappelle faced significant criticism for some material about trans people in his Netflix special. His career continues to thrive. He's released multiple specials since I think he signed a pretty lucrative deal with Netflix for multiple more things. He still gets on Rogan regularly and he gets the hero's welcome whenever Rogan brings him out. Was he canceled or was it there was a period during which there were consequences to things he said? J.K. Rowling, the Harry Potter author, she has faced backlash and accusations of transphobia because she made some statements about trans people on social media. 
She keeps releasing successful books and adaptations, the Fantastic Beasts film series and on and on. You could say, well, she's big enough to be uncancelable. But then isn't that sort of the point where like that? So she wasn't actually canceled. Roseanne Barr also comes to mind and then we'll move on to, to academia. Roseanne Barr faced consequences when she made uh, some remarks on Twitter and she later ended up back on TV with a new show after some version of Roseanne was canceled. And now she's doing the circuit and she's given the heroes welcome everywhere. So were they really canceled if that's how it ends up? Now we can also talk about academia. You know, in academia, it's been a little different. Steven Pinker, cognitive psychologist, he faced backlash for some of the things he said about race and gender, and he's continued to teach. He's continued to have popular books. Was that really a cancellation? He was criticized widely. Jordan Peterson, right? I mean, look, he's doing far better now than he was when he was teaching psychology at the University of Toronto. I believe it was there were protests and there were all sorts of criticisms and complaints. And he was, um, you know, brought to testify before Canadian Parliament and people were saying they're they're canceling Jordan Peterson. He's as successful as ever. Uh, So when when I think of it, Milo Yiannopoulos was more or less canceled in what we might call a meaningful way. He was dropped by his publisher. Speaking events were published after he made some comments that some people said were condoning pedophilia. Others said it's not really pedophilia. It's really hebophilia. But you could make the argument that was a response to his offensive remarks. Is it a cancellation? Mel Gibson, I mean, quite frankly, deserved it. But he did get back to working even after a hiatus, after his incident involving a police officer. Are you Jewish? And the entire drunk driving uh, stop. So the idea that cancel culture is a threat to free speech, an attempt to silence dissenting voices. Is it criticism? Is it consequence? What is it? I think that that's perfectly fair to explore. Again, right now, the right wing mob is trying to cancel me by calling my advertisers and saying, don't advertise with David because he blamed the victims of a shooting for the shooting, which, of course, I didn't do. I blamed our politicians who send only thoughts and prayers. It's a tactic that is completely fine to say, hey, I don't like what was said. Give a consequence. In my particular case, it's being done in bad faith. I think with Al Franken, it went too far. Uh, But the vast majority of these cancellations don't really seem to even be cancellations, whether they're warranted or not, we can debate. But are they even really cancellations? Let me know what you think. I missed this and did not have time to talk about it until today. Um, This guy from Newsmax, Rob Murphy, who is on the bandwagon attacking me on Twitter uh, over the last few days for the controversy about the Nashville shooting. He interviewed failed former President Donald Trump and Trump said something bizarre. Donald Trump said that he appointed Ron DeSantis governor. Now, that didn't happen. It simply didn't happen. There's there's no way in which that could even be remotely interpreted as accurate. Listen to this strangeness about Ron DeSantis. He told Eric Bowling last night uh, that he thinks the New York Alvin Bragg probe is a political stunt by George Soros. He also said he would not consider being your vice president in 2024. I want to ask, was there was that ever an option for you? No, I never thought of it. I think that we have a lot of great people in the Republican Party. 
I never thought of it. But, uh, you know, some people every once in a while mention it, but that's about it. No, I think that would be a very unlikely alliance. But, you know, look, I appointed him. He was failing badly in the politics. He was out of politics. He was going to be out of politics, and I endorsed him. And he went from a very small number to a very high number. Right. You you appointed him. What on earth does that mean? Is does does Trump mean that his endorsement was such a lifesaver to DeSanctis that it was like an appointment? Trump saying I endorse you is almost as good as Trump saying I appoint you the governor of Florida. Very, very strange. Trump then talking about January 6th. And he says he made beautiful statements, despite the fact that he incited a riot. I'm president of the United States. I made beautiful statements. If you look at my statements, I wish you could read them off to your viewers, which, by the way, I see you're doing very well. So I'm proud of you, Rep. Yeah. But I wish you could read them off to your viewers. But I called for peace. I called for all of these different things on numerous occasions. Yes. He also used the words fight or fighting more than 20 times and quite literally incited a riotous mob. A Trump asked about um, DeSantis more and he went after DeSantis for his covid numbers, which is super interesting. I'll explain why in a moment. Or you both. But that's that's politics as we move into primary season here. I want to ask well, you, you have to get the word out, though. Yeah. Rob. And, you know, I don't like saying this about another Republican, but yeah. you have to. You know, everyone thought he did great on covid. But if you look at the list, he did poorly on covid. He was in the numbers, <laughs> the same numbers as New York, a little bit worse than New York. He's bad on education, bad on COVID, bad on uh, many different things that people don't know about. So, you know, now, you know what? Trump is right. It's just funny because Florida to Republicans is either the shining beacon of freedom and liberty in a sea of wokeness when it's convenient or it's sort of like not that great if you want to criticize Ron DeSantis. And I have made this case before Florida's per capita covid death rate is very so so it's not the worst and it's not the best. It's just like kind of mediocre. That's true. Trump's right. Education in Florida. It's not very good. It's not as bad as in Arkansas or Mississippi, but it's not very good either. It's not Connecticut or New York or Massachusetts or Maine. So Trump actually is right here. It's just funny that they're only they're only willing to say this stuff we all know when it's convenient for them, which shouldn't come as a shock. Trump was asked about his choice to hold that rally over the weekend in Waco, Texas, on the 30th anniversary of the Waco siege. He completely ignores the question about this rally tomorrow in Waco, Texas. You're holding a massive rally. It's going to be televised here on Newsmax, of course. Next month marks 30 years, though, since uh, that deadly government siege of the Branch Davidian compound there. We've got the mainstream media right now accusing you of, quote, stoking the fires of Waco uh, with this visit and, and with that location. I uh, just wanted to get your thoughts on that and, and what people can expect from the rally tomorrow. Yeah. Well, I hear there's tens of thousands of people. I mean, we're going to have, you know, many, many tens of thousands. The line is already miles long trying to get in. And I, I don't leave until tomorrow late afternoon. And we're going to have a great time in Waco. We're going to have a great time in Texas. I won Texas by a lot two times, as you know. And uh, we have tremendous support in Texas. We have a lot of the congressmen are coming, a lot of the great people in politics are coming. And uh, most importantly, the people of Texas are going. We're going to have it's going to be a very big rally. We're just now starting our rallies because people love the rallies. And we're just now starting the rallies. And 
this will be about the first one that we've done. We've done in interior things, but this right. is the first major rally, and, and I think they're bigger than ever before. I, th I really see it. OK, so again, Trump not answering the actual question about the fact that he's in Waco and all of the imagery and all of the insanity of doing that. And then lastly here, Trump going after his former lawyer and friend of the David Pakman show, Michael Cohen. It's just the opposite. And then on top of it, you had which may have been even a bigger fact. You have a letter that talks about this whole thing in exactly the opposite uh, way, and which really showed that Cohen was lying. He was lying badly. <laughs> but he's known for that, you know, he's sort of a con man. And again, he was a lawyer who represented other people. And, uh, you know, he's supposed to have a certain allegiance to a client. You know, nowadays yeah. that doesn't mean so much with all of these uh, prosecutors out there. They're just so Trump bemoaning that even his own lawyers aren't loyal to him. Really deranged interview celebrated by Newsmax. There will be much more of this to come. And I predict it is going to get much, much worse from the things that Trump has been posting to Troth Central. I think this sort of insanity is only going to get worse. We have a voicemail number. That number is two one nine two David P. Here's a caller who is disgusted with the hate mob unleashed upon me by Donald Trump Jr. Listen to this. Hi, David. I just saw your video regarding the tweet you removed. I think you did the right thing. I but, you know, removing it, I guess, because Imagine the hypocrisy of these people there. First of all, anyone who knows who listens to you should know exactly what you meant by that tweet. Of course. Um, so that's disturbing. But the fact that they would threaten you and your family. Come on, people. This is what they do. It's just just disgusting. Um, yes. And you are correct. Um, obviously, if thoughts and prayers stopped this, we wouldn't have this problem. And I do agree. You know, I think people, if they, if prayer works for them, that's great. Do that. But we need to take action legislatively. Yeah. Pray, but allow politicians to do things. Um, you know, and call and write and just press our all our representatives on the local, state, and federal levels. Um, this is inexcusable. And one thing that I feel like never gets discussed, really in the mainstream media, at least, is the fact that the GOP is in bed with the NRA. Of course. And in fact, in my video that I did yesterday, I do discuss it because it must be discussed. Uh, accurate voicemail. I have nothing to add. We have a great voice uh, bonus show for you today. We will talk about Joe Biden's reaction to the Nashville shooting and his urging of an assault weapons ban. We're also going to talk about hand scanning technology rolled out at Panera that has privacy advocates very concerned. Are they warranted in being concerned? We will discuss. And lastly, a conspiracy theory about a body double for John Fetterman has actually gotten a bunch of attention. It's pretty nuts. We will talk about all of it on the bonus show. Sign up at joinpacman.com. Use the coupon code cancel cancel to get yourself a discount.